Your attention, please. This Happy Podcast Limited, now arriving from a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. All aboard! Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow Mouseketeers and co-hosts, Paul Jarzembowski and John Grasso. Welcome, guys. Hey, it's time to get aboard the train. All aboard. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. I'm so glad to record this episode. Glad to sit down. I know you guys have been chomping at the bit to talk about this week's topic. Uh, We're discussing our favorite resorts. We'll share what makes them special for us. I'm looking forward to getting into it. But first, let's see if we can do a little uh, of our favorite um, favorite weekly bit. Uh, what's making us happy in Disney this week? Who wants to go first? Ooh, me, me. Definitely me. I'm right, super John. excited. Yep, me, me. Thank you. I'm always the kid that raises his hand first in class and sometimes even in meetings. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, I, I, I've mentioned this before, but what is making me deliriously happy is the, the Sirius XM Disney Hits channel. Uh, it just gets me. I feel like the person that is controlling what goes on when is like got some kind of connection with me because I'm driving to work this morning and it was right, you know, the sun's rising a little bit later. It was like right after the sunrise was rising and boom, circle of life comes on. And I'm like, hmm. That's just too perfect. It's too perfect. Um, and so I was just vibing today. I mean, I think in a row we had Circle of Life, the original Mouseketeers song, um, you know, Love is an Open Door from Frozen. And then, oh gosh, I don't even remember what the next one was. I think it was uh, Son of Man from Tarzan and then um, Zero to Hero from Hercules. But I, I didn't want to get out of my car when I got, I was sitting in my office parking lot for 10 minutes because I was like, I'm not going out on one of these you know, I'll wait till they put Hannah Montana on to turn the car off. But uh, I was just jamming. So, yeah, I know I can listen to all these on YouTube or Spotify or Amazon at my desk. And I do. And I don't have 25 or 35 uh, playlists like Paul does. But there's just something about Disney music on the radio. I don't know. It just gets me, get, gets me happy and excited. It picks me up. I'm no Hercules fanboy, but we watched Hercules again the other day. And Zero to Hero and Go the Distance are a terrific one-two punch. Agreed, 100%. Uh, I, was, I was singing Go the Distance quite a bit the other day while I was cleaning the house. Um, that was my soundtrack. I, d- I don't think I nailed it quite as well as the movie, but I was willing to commit to it. One of these days, I think we should all do our very best like we should take our favorite Disney song and, and try to sing it. I bet you that episode would definitely get like mega hit. You know, it would be a mega hit, tons of views, and definitely would not sync the podcast before it even began. We would either see subscribers roll in or roll out. I was gonna say, I don't think I want to torture our listeners with uh, the so- with the sound of me belting out. Some show tune from one of the Disney films. I think oh, that. Oh, but Paul, Paul, this happy podcast. Like we could do an album. We could drop an album of Disney hit remixes from this happy the, the this happy podcast version. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking that's <laughs> that. That's like it's like if there was a Razzies for podcasts. <laughs> I think this would 
definitely win the year's prize. I'm pretty sure we'd be the Dapper Dolts. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. They're not hiring me anytime soon at the Disney parks to go sing to the to the guests. <laughs> but Paul, we are interested in what's making you happy in Disney this week. What is it? Uh, well, so so this week I had a work trip. So um, uh, so as I was at the airport, and I don't know, I, I'm not sure if you guys do this or not, but as I'm walk, I I, I look at every every um, desk at the airport to see where that plane is going, and um, and then, of course, I pass by the one that's right next to my gate is going to Orlando. And so the, the debate, of course, is do I get on the flight to, to where I was headed, which was not Orlando. It was anything. No, it was just not Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> or do I get on that plane? I mean, and it's not like they're going to like because it's not like the gate agent's going to be like, oh, sure, we'll do an even exchange. We know you have a, a boarding pass for that flight, but yeah, sure, come aboard. Like, but in your mind's eye, of course, you just think like, I can just, I should just walk on there. They let me pass security. I can, I can just get on any any door I see, right? Oh yeah, if so, I'm confident, I might just be able to power right through it. So yeah, I know you got to th- you got to be positive about that. So. Yeah. I, suffice it to say, I did not get on that plane. I actually got on the plane that I was, but what I decided to do instead was I got my, I, I had my, my, uh, my earbuds on and I'm, as the plane is taking off, I hit play on one of those 35 playlists and the music of Soren, you know, and Soren is just, is, it's just swelling in my ears as the, as the, as the plane has the power and, you know, it just, moves you forward and off you go and it just makes you smile because then you're like and then all because they're in the middle of that song that's playing on the soaring ride uh while you're literally like flying into the air up to thirty thousand while you're soaring while you're soaring exactly i do the same thing paul i cue it up every time i'm i'm getting on a plane and and the earbuds go in and nicole's like what are you doing and i'm like i'm just queuing up a podcast and boom soaring music (laughs) So in your mind's eye, do you see a big, giant gray whale leaping out in front of your plane? Or the Golden you? Gate Bridge. Answer carefully. I'm more of a classic soaring kind of guy. So, um, no, I'm thinking like uh, it's the California stuff. You're small uh, the orange groves. I'm still on the orange groves, yeah. But I have to say, I do like on the new one, I do like the smell of, um, of the Polynesian island um it's got that you know and you kind of and the, and the sound the ocean breeze the ocean breeze as it goes by yeah no that's that's actually like if i could just have the entire soren ride as that scene i think i'd be just fine mm, maybe that's a spoiler alert for later Ooh. Ooh, or maybe it's not who knows I'm not sure we'll not know until but first we must hear from matt what is making you happy all right i got two answers one is the fact that there's a construction wall up around the primeval world over at Animal Kingdom. Oh, who um, do we thank? Oh, I like to thank yes. the Academy and Bob Chapik. And... No, I, I've said this to you all offline, not on this show. I would very much like a construction wall around the entire Dino Land USA and make it an Indiana Jones land. Or I know this is controversial with you all, a Zootopia land. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Indiana Jones is fine. No Zootopia. Indiana Jones with oh. dinosaurs. Yes. So in our Instagram stories this week, we're going to have Indiana Jones lands at, at uh, Animal Kingdom or or uh, Zootopia. We'll let the fans decide. If you don't think I'm going to stack the results of that poll. 
I'm going to be the dark horse though, but and, and and I'm keeping the dinosaurs. Don't get rid of the dinosaurs. But get you can't add dinosaurs into Zootopia, but you could add it with Indiana Jones. You could. I once it's not had, that much of a stretch. I once had, when I put that um, that message out on Twitter a couple years ago, probably about two years ago, I had a Twitter account that was based off the big brontosaurus at that section uh, at tweet me and told me that they weren't very happy with my suggestion. <laughs> um so second thing, just uh, I know this is cheating out a second thing, but the uh, trailer for Hawkeye, the Disney Plus series coming out, looks like a total blast. It's, it, it looks like late 80s, early 90s, John Hughes. Like it looks like it has Home Alone 2, Lost in New York vibes. Um, but Hawkeye is training his apprentice. Um, huh. And it looks unlike any other Marvel entry so far, which... Marvel tends to be fun, but a little tight. Um, and, you know, like they, they like to have the quippy jokes. This looks like it's fun from start to finish. And I hope it keeps that, that, that tone because if they're able to set that, then they can do some really fun things going forward with the movies. So I'm really excited about what's happening with Hawkeye training Kate Bishop and um, they're lost in New York vibes. Yeah, it was definitely Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, which is a masterpiece of a movie, uh, coupled with Die Hard, which is also a masterpiece of a movie and a phenomenal Christmas movie. So, yes, yes. Christmas vibes all throughout yep. that trailer. Um, the only thing I don't need out of this, and this isn't political, is I don't need an appearance by Donald Trump. No, pass. But I do need an appearance by Tim Curry. Um just because he was in Home Alone 2, lost in New York as the hotel uh, worker that conspired with uh, Rob Schneider to get that's Kevin right. McAllister out of the hotel. So I'm just going to need one fun appearance by Tim Curry in that series. Um, that's all I'm asking for. And if they haven't done it, they can refilm sequences and try to get that done before it hits air. Anyway, I know that's a big wish. Um, so that's what's making me happy this week. Wow. Hey, I do. I will let you know, though, if you're going to do two, I'll, I'll get two. We finished another puzzle this week. Nice. And, uh, what was it? It was it was actually Mickey and Minnie uh, and the gang outside of the Chinese theater. Um, so I, I we got it and we and we kept thinking about Hollywood studios um, and stuff like that. So. Um, so, yeah, we finished that just the other day and it looks brilliant and. The saddest part, though, is like you leave it out for a couple of days to kind of just look at what you've accomplished. Um, and the saddest thing, of course, is like we need this space back or we're going to do the next puzzle. So crumple the thing back up, put it in a bag and put the box away. It's kind you of like take a picture of every one that you complete. We do. Absolutely. Oh, good. And yep. then put it up on your refrigerator. That's <laughs> the parent in me saying that. Yeah, I like that. All right. All right, are we ready to get into the meat and potatoes of the show? The topic. I think, yeah, I think week. it's time. All right, we're talking our favorite resorts, and I think I'm up first, right? Yeah, I think you're going to go right. first, and then then John, and then me. I think I'm going to close it out. All right, no pressure on you, bud. Uh, um, no pressure on you, Matt. No. So here's my backstory. I've only been to one resort in my entire life that's on the Disney properties. Um, now. I did go to the, a pool in a different resort, but uh, it was attached to the same resort. So my one and only and favorite resort is actually Port Orleans at Riverside. So one of the beautiful things about the Port Orleans Riverside is that it has this southern charm. Um, 
even though you're in the South, you're in Florida, it still feels like you're somewhere else. Um, and it's right, you know, as part of this, this Port Orleans resort, there's also the French Quarter, which is a, an entirely different complex, but it's easily, you can easily get from one to the other, one to the other. You can walk there. Um, you can take one of the boats that takes you along uh, the backside of the resorts and you can wind up at Disney Springs. I love the accessibility of all of that. But what I loved was just staying at the hotel for a day um, in between all the park visits, just having a resort day and taking my kids to the pool, letting them enjoy that. Um, that was the first time they had either one of them had ever been down a water slide. So watching them get daring, go down the first time and be a little nervous and then come down and go, I want to do that again. And then watching them do laps. Um, they felt it was like one of those moments where it felt like they were growing up right before my eyes. And it was as simple as just a slide in the middle of this really great old man Island uh, pool. It's just, it, it was a really nice way to relax. The food is excellent at the resort, not just at Riverside, but also over at the French quarter. Um, we could skip from one to the other, go get breakfast. I could go get the beignets. I swear. I talk about beignets every episode of this podcast. Um, so it just, I really enjoyed it. It didn't, it, it gave us a great value. Every night we got delivered right to the resort and we were able to get back up the next day and go right back out. But at the same time, whenever we needed something, something was accessible and I really felt at home and it didn't feel like we were breaking the bank either. It felt like we were getting the best value for our buck. And I really did enjoy feeling immersed in that New Orleans, Louisiana Southern charm. So I really did, um, you know, our family hopes that, that we get another chance at going to a resort soon um, because we, we have really cherished memories of that experience two years ago. One of my favorite memories of staying in Riverside was my son, Liam, who had just turned five at the time. We had gone over actually and left Riverside. We went over to the French Quarter and we were standing in the lobby and there's a fountain in there. And Liam took this, this coin that he had and he tossed it into the water. And when he did that, he closed his eyes and he said, I wish I could meet Baymax. And it was the sweetest thing I had ever seen. My wife and I looked at one another and we couldn't imagine anything cuter. And then three days later, he, sure enough, he did meet Baymax. And he couldn't contain the excitement. He was just through the roof, excited that his dream, his wish came true. So that is uh, one of my favorite memories from our stay at Riverside was going over to French Quarter and having that moment with our son. Did Will you, you stay at Riverside again? I would. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it down. Um, I was talking with Casey, my wife, about this um, before we recorded tonight. I said, you know, if we had another one, that's completely fine. But, you know, I, I'm, I would know my way around the resort and feel like I still was getting, getting value for what the money we were spending, the time we were spending. It was, um, the food was, like I said, the food was great. There was plenty of options. The service was fantastic. Um, I would definitely go back there. Um, but of course the curiosity in me is like, what else is out there? You know, I, I see plenty of vloggers and plenty of 
plenty of bloggers doing reviews of other resorts. And I, you know, obviously they've opened up several. So I'm kind of curious what you all, you all have done these experiences throughout your life. Um, as somebody that didn't grow up with these experiences, but now wants to go as much as possible, finds myself dreaming about these things. I'm really curious, like what you all and your experiences too. So I can't wait to hear you all as well. When you, uh, when you were at Port Orleans and uh, Riverside and all that, did you take the boat to, um, to Disney Springs? Yep. Yeah, we took it um, probably, I think we took it twice. We took it on the first day that we checked in. Um, we took it over there, walked around a little bit, and then we went back in the middle of the week. We did the pool, and then we jumped over and went, went over to get, grab some dinner, grab some lunch. I think it was in the middle of the day, and there wasn't that much of a crowd, but it was so easy to just get in and out. Yeah. Um, but it was funny, though, when we did that, we couldn't take it back because there was a really big storm that came through one night. So we actually had to take one of the, the buses back to our resort. Um, but that's the thing is we found that there were multiple ways to get access to our resort. It wasn't like, hey, we took one way and we were stranded. Um, we really loved the views, looking out and seeing the different different resorts and kind of passing by and saying, ooh, I would like to stay there. I'd like to see I would like to see that up close. Yeah, it's I feel like it captures the spirit of New Orleans because the the boat there is very it, it, it's a it's a nice, slow, relaxing boat that goes. It, it passes both of the, um, the the New Orleans ones, but then it also passes by Saratoga Springs, yep, uh, yep. picks up passengers there and then strolls into uh, uh, into Disney Springs. Um, and it, that's on the same line as Old Key West, right, though. I think that's a separate shot or separate water taxi. Yeah, I think think so it's they're in that same day same neighborhood right. um old key west saratoga and the port orleans and riverside are all um are all kind of connected in summer so i forget if there's a stop there or not but but that boat though is a nice it's really i'll tell you boat transportation at disney is is by far one of the best forms i mean when you said you had to take back the bus i was like oh i'm sorry <laughs> i've I, if if we have a podcast on the forms of transportation bus is probably never going to be anyone's favorite form <laughs> of transportation i was trying to come up with a joke about that but can't even joke <laughs> no you just it's sad but the boat is wonderful the boat from from uh from the orleans resort yeah yeah we took it um over to the french quarter pool one day um, and walked around and just got a tour of, of, of the French Quarter Resort and felt at home there. And, and, and that was one of those things where it was like just a nice, relaxing time. I think we even took it just to go out and relax a little bit, just to like kick our feet up. Um, having that opportunity, you know, to, to just jump on a simple boat ride is really, really sweet. And I didn't take that for granted. So I, I question for you, um, and this is in no way an implication on, on anyone's financial status, because uh, I also have an answer to this question, but let's say money, time, um, there's no, no object here. So fairy godmother or Tinkerbell comes and says, I'm going to let you stay at the Disney resort of your dreams for the, for the amount of time that you want, but you can only pick one. You've watched a lot of YouTube videos. You've where would you stay? Well, it feels like because it's the original, I would want to go stay at the Contemporary. The Contemporary feels like the, the building block of the whole resort idea for, for Walt Disney World. Um, and when I, 
whenever I look at the old clips, it feels like the one that officially feels like the Florida experience for, for Walt Disney visitors. You know, for those that are unable to see Paul, and I think that's everybody who's listening to this podcast, he just tipped his hand a little bit as to what's coming. But the thing is, is I love the idea of what was once futuristic, uh, feeling charming. And, and when I look and see the monorail coming in and going through the lobby, that's super appealing to me. Um, I, I really want to experience that once or twice. Um, I would love to stay at the Polynesian. I would love to stay in many of these places. Um, and, you know, I've heard you in other episodes and some of my other friends talk about the boardwalk. Um, so for me, I'm open to anything. So if anybody wants to start a GoFundMe for, <laughs> for me to hit up all these resorts, I, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take part in that, um, in the receiving end of that GoFundMe, <laughs> please. Uh, someone with a mortgage now. Um, yeah, that would be great. I, 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 there are resorts I've not been to, but Paul, uh, I don't know if you've been to every resort, but, but I'm going to ask you this question too. So uh, be prepared. All right. Well, then we'll turn it on you, my friend. So, uh... <laughs> All right. It's my turn. Okay, so I'll tell you my favorite resort, and then I'll, I'll answer the... at the end, uh, the question I asked Matt, but it will come as absolutely no surprise to our listeners who have heard me opine about the Crescent Lake area and the background music, uh, that the beach club is my all time favorite resort. Um, now the boardwalk was certainly a close second. That was my first Disney resort. Um, and I've stayed at a few, but for me, um, going, my whole life uh, to Cape Cod in the summers. Cape Cod has been such a, a formative, uh, f- beyond formative. It's been a second home to me. And uh, that New England seaside, uh, beachside atmosphere has informed so much of who I am and what I like. Now, the Beach Club is based mostly a lot more often, uh, or more actually on New Jersey, on Cape May, but there's a lot of that New England beach seaside town vibe that was, that's infused into the resort. I just love it. Um, I love the background music. I love the whatever scent that they're pumping in. Um, I have yet to figure it out. I think I found something similar at um, Bath and Body Works, and I bought like bought out the store that whatever that scent is that they're pumping in the lobby. I love the Cape May Cafe. That was the first character breakfast I ever did. So that's where I met Mickey Mouse for the first time. Hmm. Um, so that's a that's a a special place. Actually, just getting a little emotional thinking about that, but this is just a special place for me. Um, all my happy family memories are there. Uh, it's actually the resort I stayed at the most recently, uh, right before Nicole and I got married. Uh, I had a conference down in Orlando at the yacht club, um, which was amazing. It was the best conference I've ever had both professionally and, and, and play to play. Uh, and my mom came down with me because Nicole could not uh, take the time off. Um, and, uh, my mom and I had this just wonderful Disney adventure in the resort that we'd been going to since my childhood, you know, right on the precipice of this major life event. So there's just so much, so much nostalgia mixed in it with me. And I love sitting in that lobby. Um, I, I, whenever I stay, I mean, it doesn't matter where I stay, but I loved, I would set an alarm. I really aggravate everyone staying in my room for, for as early as possible. And I would rope drop the, the little cafe 
where they had coffee and muffins or whatever so that I could get my coffee and muffin and sit in my preferred booth. It had to be the booth hugging Crescent Lake right in the main lobby within view of the, the entrance of Cape May Cafe and, and the entrance to the resort where I could see all the comings and goings. And I would just sit there till the rest of the family got up and we rope dropped whatever park. I, you know, I just love it. I love, I sometimes will put on the bus, the, the music that they put on to the, uh, to, they put on the buses that go to and from that beach club. Um, and you know, like this time of night when you'd be coming home from one of the parks, um, usually a magic kingdom or animal kingdom, I do that. And, uh, that is all, you know, primary, but secondary and certainly close secondary is that unbelievable pool. Storm along Bay is, might as well be a water park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is this, the water slide is fantastic. The pool is huge and most of it has a sandy bottom. Um, it, it's just, I, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, and you got a good little ice cream shop there. Just, it has everything. And I love the vibe of Crescent Lake. Um, I've not been since the Skyliner is done. So I'm very, very interested to see how that's changed things. Cause you have two points of entry to that complex. I mean, I don't think anyone that's coming to Crescent Lake is coming into Hollywood studios. Although it's, and then walking, although I suppose you could, um, but I just love the vibe. There's so much energy there. There's always people running. There's the friendships talk about boats. I love hearing the hum of the friendship engines in the morning. Just got such a pleasant, happy sound. And then, you know, you're, if you, there are rooms in the beach club that are less than a hundred yards from Epcot. I mean, I don't know how you beat that. I mean, in terms of, I mean, I guess you'd have to be, um, the hotel Miracosta in Tokyo or Disneyland Paris hotel to be closer to a park. Um, uh, so it's just awesome. I I'm just a, a, a big, big fan, but, um, if money were there no- every time, not every time. Um, I've stayed at the beach club and the, and, uh, the yacht club and the boardwalk, also the swan and the dolphin, but also, uh, Caribbean beach, Polynesian, uh, and pop century. And I've not stayed. I've had, I've had, uh, I had, I had a room booked at Port Orleans, actually that hearing you talk about that. Um, that's where we were supposed to stay. Not this, this time, but the, before times, right. When we had booked right before COVID had started, we were going to stay at Port Orleans and I was so hyped. I already listened to all the background music. I was getting myself really rooted in the resort. So not every time, but I think if you said you can only go to one Disney resort for the rest of your life, it, I would, I would sign up. I'd put the beach club down probably within a, you know, a second. So what separates it from those other resorts? Like, I know you talked about the smell and, you know, the access, but like when you look at like, say your second and third behind there, what's like, what, what just gives it that little bit of, of wiggle room? Um, it's like walking into my grandma's house at Cape Cod. Hmm. Walking into the beach club is like walking into my grandma's house and, and, uh, the same vibe, that same, uh, there was always just a deep sigh of relief whenever I get up to Cape Cod and see my grandma and just, ah, I'm here. And then no other resort on property, though I am beyond delighted to be at Disney World and be at any Disney resort. There's just no other resort that just has that, ah, I'm here moment. Mm-hmm. So does it ever get monotonous? 
It could. Um, it has. I, I suppose it could. Um, it. I don't think I go enough for it to get monotonous. Okay. But I think if I went every year and I stayed sense. only there, it would. Because uh, I, I could tell you a couple of times when we booked a little bit late and we did like a split stay at the boardwalk and the Polynesian, um, I was vibing with the Polynesian. I thought, you know, I wouldn't want to do this every time, but I like this place. Besides the, mm-hmm. the unbelievable access to Dole Whip that this provides, so I can get as many ice cream adjacents as possible. Um, there's different... You know, it's different vibes. So uh, I actually even liked Caribbean Beach um, for what it was. And um, was not a huge fan of Pop Century, but uh, I certainly understand the appeal as a cult following. So, no, I, I, I think it would get monotonous, but not yet. That's good. Yeah. Uh, when, when you mentioned meeting Mickey Mouse at Port Orleans, we met, uh, even though we met them in the parks, we met uh, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider on the very last day we were checking. We had just checked out. And then all of a sudden they showed up at the resort and completely took us by surprise because we hadn't had any character interactions at our resort all week. Right. Um, is that, you know, this is probably for both of you. Is that a normal activity to see a character roaming around a resort? Roaming around probably not roaming around but in the but definitely in the food areas the restaurants you'll see especially around breakfast breakfast is a very common time that you will see characters in resorts because the characters are um part of the breakfast experience yeah i know um they they changed it up a little bit uh during covid because the character interactions were so challenging to to really uh, get with social distancing but yeah and i we met Mickey at a, a character breakfast, which I would still do to this day, even though I am a 29 year old man, um, because it was just delightful. There's just, there is just nothing like meeting Mickey mouse. Um, so yeah, no, I, um, although a couple of times Mickey did come to our conference, Mickey and Minnie came to our conference. And so then if Mickey is at the conference, he's going to go into the resort and say hi to people. So sometimes that happens too. Cool. Now, Paul, we've waited until, um, you to share your uh yeah um so for for me um uh let me a little backstory as well and matt shared a little bit about how he hadn't been um one of the things that i have uh is a couple of years ago when uh my wife and i were um working and working and working we um, we found we didn't take vacations, so um, we we did like a decade stretch where we took almost no vacations. We're just working, and uh, and so we we actually decided to 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 buy into the Disney Vacation Club. It was actually during the uh, recession, and they actually had a recession sale, <laughs> so they had lower prices, they had lower point values. So we 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 dove into it. Um, we had always there was a time where Disney vacation club had um, uh, they had shops in Chicago, New York, and in Florida where you could like do, you could tour models of the rooms um, and get excited about being a part of the Disney vacation club. So we were in the Chicago area at the time. um, And so we would always stop by always dreaming about going. So eventually we did buy in. Uh, And so our resort experience has been going to the, the, the Disney vacation club, DVC, uh, the DVC rooms uh, around property. So we have been 
to most of the um, deluxe resorts um, because they, most of the deluxe resorts have uh, a DVC annex. So, um, so we've we've gone to almost all. We've, we've stayed in all the DVC resorts on uh, at Walt Disney World, and um, and it was tough trying to figure out what the one was because they believe me at the deluxe resorts they are very nice. <laughs> um, we wouldn't be able to afford them otherwise, but uh, they are definitely very uh, very nice. Um, the it really boiled down for me. There was three top candidates. And I boiled it down to two. And honestly, I'm not sure till I get done saying these words come out of my mouth, which one's going to ultimately be the favorite. I'll, I'll give you the third runner up uh, is uh, the Wilderness Lodge. Um, the Wilderness Lodge is where uh, my wife and I stayed on our honeymoon. Um, and I absolutely, I think I shared in the last podcast that I absolutely love the lobby, um, the music, the ambiance, the, just the grandeur of that place. And they have the best pool. So if we ever get to a pool podcast, Here's a spoiler alert. That is my favorite pool. Um, uh, so, you know, I'll take your storm along Bay. Oh no, uh, I'll fight you. No way. I know, I know, but I will, I, I will stand true to the wilderness lodge. Does pool. the wilderness lodge have a lazy river? Does not have a lazy river, but it does. have. <laughs> I'm just dropping the mic for all the listeners at home. You know, it also has a, a, a part of the pool where you sit in it and the and the rapids come at you. So it's almost like one of those exercise pool because the rapids are coming at you and you want to swim against it. So you get a lot of intensity there. It's kind of fun. So it's a fun pool. Um, but the two to me, and I, I maybe I'll just come out and say it's a tie. I'm just going to say it. And I know I'm breaking the rules. I know, I know John's not going to like me for this, but I'm breaking the rules and saying it's a tie because it is the 50th anniversary year. And so I'm giving the crown to the two original 1971 resorts, the Polynesian and the Contemporary. Because honestly, I have a hard time. We, we've stayed at the DVC rooms in both of them. Um, there is something wonderful about, like Matt said, the monorail coming in and that beauty. There's a smell to the Contemporary Resort that is just it just takes you back. Um, and, you know, one of the nice things is it's got, it's vertical. So when you're in the rooms at the contemporary, most of the, if you notice, most resorts at Disney property don't go higher than four floors, but you get up to 15 floors or so um, at the contemporary. I know that now they've built the Riviera and there's also these other places that they have built that have been higher, but originally the contemporary was the high point. So you can see out to everything. And when we would get into our room, I'd run to the window, open the blinds and out and see just the vista of whatever I was looking out at, whether that was at the magic kingdom side, or if I was looking on Bay Lake or, out, you know, seeing further towards Epcot, you can see all of that from the rooms. And so that was always an exciting thing. By the way, when it comes to resorts, the first thing I do when I go in the room is I drop the bags and I run to the window and I open up the blinds. That is the first thing I do in every hotel room. I don't, I mean, whatever. I just, that's the first thing. Um, I sit and I stare out that window and the, and the contemporary and Bay Lake Tower that's next to it offers a wonderful vista, especially if you can get those higher floors. But Polynesian is certainly wonderful and more than the Dole Whip is just the just the relaxing ambiance of the Polynesian. Um, it it fills you with a sense of just you like John said. You know, you kind of let your cares go away. You feel like you've arrived. Now, I can't say I like like John has lived in New England, so he so he's experienced what what feeling at home would be. 
I've never been to Hawaii. Um, I've never been to the South Pacific, but yet I feel somewhat at home there. So if any of our listeners want to do a GoFundMe page, I'd be happy to go out and experience Hawaii or the South Pacific um, and, and, and see for myself. Use but that we see at Olani. There is a Lonnie, and that is that is a bucket list for me. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Oh, oof, that's way at the top. I know. So the Polynesian, but I'll tell you what I what we one of the things. So two things about the Polynesian room. One is in the Polynesian rooms. It's going to sound funny, but the showers, the showers, the Polynesian. <laughs> I know Matt is laughing because it's the most odd thing, but I love taking a shower at the Polynesian. There is it's stone. It's like this this lava stone uh, um, tile. Um, so it like massages your feet when you're in there. Cause it's got the little pebble black stones. Um, and then they have the rain shower from above and then the showers on the side. So you have, you have, it's like an, it's like a, it's like a little, a little Hawaiian rainstorm in the shower. Um, yeah, you just, it, it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, I know it's kind of weird to talk of on the podcast about taking a shower. Tell us more about your showers, Paul. Yeah, I was going to say, at least you're saying talking about the showers and not anything else in the bathroom. Listen, it's a common experience. We've all taken showers. So it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's human. But the second thing, and maybe this is, I don't know if this is a better or worse, but oh no, um, <laughs> here it comes. Podcast after dark here. Um, so from the bed, <laughs> oh, gosh. from the bed at the, at some of the rooms of the Polynesian where we were at, and this is one of the first experiences we had at the Polynesian where you sit there in bed and you could watch across uh, the lake and see the fireworks from, from the bed over the castle. And so my wife and I had that experience one time where we were just there and we were, it was a long, exhausting day. We just wanted to, you know, like, we just, we couldn't walk anymore. We were kind of miserable because we couldn't like, we're like, we, it was just, it was tiring. So we thought, oh, we're leaving before the fireworks. So we were kind of a little sad, but we got back to the room. We sat down the bed and we looked over and we could see the fireworks going off. We had just gotten some popcorn, I think from the from the main lodge. And so we're sitting there eating popcorn and the, the, and, and you can hear the sound of in the speakers along the whole, uh, Polynesian property playing the music of the fireworks. And we're just sitting there uh, sitting on the bed and just watching and going, wow. Um, Cause it's just like, you get magical, um, but it's a beautiful resort. And so, and cause you might be wondering why it's like, isn't he an Epcot guy? So here's where the Polynesian and the contemporary are both good at that, especially the Polynesian, because the Polynesian is not only steps from a monorail that takes you around to the Magic Kingdom, but you walk the other way to the transportation ticket center and there's a direct shot to Epcot. So the Polynesian does kind of take the cake and being both accessible to both Epcot and, um, and the Magic Kingdom. And preferably if you can get transportation on monorail red, then everything is perfect. Now, is monorail red? I have I have a lot of questions, but my first one, <laughs> my first of all, how Especially dare you about monorail red? <laughs> yes, I, I'm in on monorail red. I have you'll notice I have no questions about the shower, but <laughs> mono, is monorail red on the resort line, the express line, or the Epcot line? Like, what is it? You what line is it, or does it vary? It varies. They they oh, okay it jumps. Well, I don't think the monorail jumps. I don't know they've made it. To it do might. That. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I, you know, you, like you, it when you know her best. Is unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, 
the second question uh, is this. How do you feel about the Moana rooms at the Polynesian or the Incredibles rooms at the Contemporary? Now, knowing that the Incredibles rooms are not done yet. Right. Seeing the art, I haven't been in the room since they've transferred either one over. Um, I think the Moana rooms uh, do respect the culture, do respect that experience. Um, I know it's dropping a little bit of the IP, uh, the intellectual property of Disney and the cartoons in there, but I think it's it's respectful and it's done tastefully. I will say I'm not necessarily sold on the Incredibles in the contemporary. Um, one, when I see the contemporary, so ironically for me, the contemporary is like lost in like the 1970s. Um, like it is contemporary to like... 1971 to you know a couple of years after so it's not really that contemporary anymore um i don't know if you consider something 50 years old contemporary um <laughs> but um so putting the 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 incredibles which were released much later in its history um, but the aesthetic of those movies is very 1960s and 1970s it's very james bond at its height it, it is very contemporary but ah but it is it the the aesthetic is just pre 1971 um that aesthetic was was if you in fashion history the aesthetic that was projected in the incredibles um was pretty much done by 1971 that was definitely james bond type like 1961 62 to about like 67 maybe then it was kind of out um so no it doesn't fit it uh-uh <laughs> I will say that the Incredibles rooms, I'm not sold on. Now, maybe if I stay in one, I'll like it better, but um, I'm not sold as much on that. I think that the Moana, though, does work with the Polynesian. Okay. All right. I know. So I split the difference. All right, guys. So uh, we've shared, all shared our favorite resort. Um, looking at next week, um, I think the topic I want to toss out there, and I, and I, already teased it out a little bit earlier in the episode. Um, if you could imagine any land in a Disney park with an unlimited budget, what would it be and where would it be? Can you tell me a little bit more about like, give, give me well, a little more here to get, to get our, to get our listeners, get their appetites wetted, get my own appetite. So, wetted. Well, hang, so hang on, hang on, out. Matt. If you say Zootopia, I'm not friends with you anymore. <laughs> In, well, in Animal Kingdom. You should be. Um, now, both of you guys have said this. And of all the lands that would make sense, in Animal Kingdom would be a land based on a film where animals roamed. No, that's... It, it's Zootopia's anthropomorphic animals that are doing human things. Animal Kingdom is about... The animals of the past, the the present, and the animals that never were. No, what is what is Avatar doing there? The animals that never were. It's also got a very strong con, con uh, a conservation message, which is ingrained in the. You know what? I'm just gonna get myself mad. You know what? I had lunch with Mickey Mouse and Goofy in the middle of Animal Kingdom, and I just don't think there's a difference between Judy Rabbit and Nick the Fox and their adventures and Mickey Mouse or the Lion King and those IPs being in that park. But Zootopia takes place in a city. Yes, and you can have a train finally in that park 
that goes around the park themed to that beautiful bullet train. Matt, how about this as a compromise? Don't take over Dinosaur Land. You can have an extension of Animal Kingdom, but just don't take over Dinosaur Rafiki's Land. Planet USA. Watch. You could have Rafiki's Planet Watch. You could have, you could, I'll give you the whole setup. You take the train from there and you go to Zootopia, but it has to be the only way to get to Zootopia. You know what? You know what's going to solve this issue? You guys need to go actually go and watch Zootopia. I love Zootopia. I love Zootopia. It's a great movie. It is excellent. Once it's over, you will see the endless possibilities. Oh, I think there are endless possibilities just in Animal Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. No. Where the dinosaur land is. No, no, no. no. I will support you, Matt, in in your quest, but I will not support you taking over Dino Land. Oh, it's happening. Anyway, that's just one of my brilliant ideas that will come in next week's episode. So you are imagineering. We're imagineering is what you're saying. We're not one of you. Each one of you and me need to imagine your land. Sketch it out in your mind. What will be in there? You know, what rides, what attractions, what meet and greets? You have an unlimited budget. And I'm asking our listeners right now, listening on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, tune in, all of them. I need you to imagineer a land at a Disney park. Identify the park. Make sure it fits. Make your argument. You can email it uh, to thishappypodcast at gmail.com. Drop it on our social media. We'll be having some posts later this week on it. Um, I need you to put your imagineer ears on and plot this out. The guys just put on their ears. You do it too, listener. Please bring it. If you've got an idea better than us, we will mention it on the show. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, I am ready. I'm, I am ready. I'm going to challenge my daughter too to do this as our Imagineer in residence. Um, and if she comes up with a good idea, I'm bringing her on. Do it. I think you should. I'm, I'm all in on that. Let's, let's do it. All right, everybody. I think this is a great episode. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, participate on our social media. We're happy to engage, and we're so grateful that you listen each and every episode. We will see you real soon.